Just Right for Introverts, the podcast that's your virtual writing partner. Chock full of writing prompts and lively thought rambles, each episode is a journey. Let's take it together. My name is Kara, and we'll be writing together today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's writing session. So today we are just going to jump right in with a random song from the writing playlist. Um, which you can find on Spotify by looking for Just Right for Introverts or in the description, uh, episode description, either in your, your app or on the website, um, you'll find the link to it. Um, so today's song is Smaller Than My Mother by Overcoats. And if you don't already know, what we're going to do is write for the length of the song generally taking inspiration from the song like whatever the mood is that's striking you or if there's a lyric or you know a, a phrase or a word from the lyrics that uh, is resonating jump on it run with it right for the length of the song don't think just write so go ahead and cue up that song or if you want if you have your own writing playlist uh, please feel free to do whatever song you want the point is just to let your mind go and write for the length of a song we got this. All right. One, two, three, right. And we're back. As always, I like to say, I hope that was good for you. It was good for me. It's always so nice just to turn my brain off and just start moving my pen across the page and not thinking. Um, and that was a good song. Like, uh, I thought about picking a song this morning, uh, I was thinking about playing on the last uh, episodes, the last sessions, um, start with a meditation, and I wanted to maybe pick a more meditative song, like without lyrics, or that just had a little bit more, uh, I don't know, instrumental movement to it, but I really like the randomness of the playlist. I just hit play, it's on shuffle, and it's like, oh, maybe I just, I needed to hear that song today, so... It is really nice to build your own playlist. Um, I do have quite a mix of songs. Usually it started out with like story songs, songs that made me feel while I was listening to it, like very writerly <laughs> because the song writer had painted a picture and I could visualize it and it was nice to like write that. And then I came across uh, Low Roar and the music of the band was just so atmospheric, I would just get lost in it. And uh, so then I was creating like my own worlds. So it's like, it's a good, it's good to have a mix. All I'm saying. And so as you find songs, you know, think about putting them into a playlist if you, and um, using that for your own inspiration, because maybe there's some songs that you need to hear that I'm not picking. <laughs> um, all right, so prompts today. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm still going strong with the homework from last time. Uh, the homework last time was to like try different pens or, well, in my case, pens, uh, but a different writing tool. Um, and I, I did end up writing with my uh, felt tip calligraphy pen in my journal. It didn't bleed, which was pretty cool. And then I got jazzed about it. So 
the next time I went to the art supply store, I ended up getting four more pens. And this time I just went for colors. And so I've been writing with a, a pretty cool pink micro pen from Pigma. Um, and I'm jazzed about it. I like it. It's just fun to kind of like see your words in a different light. <laughs> um, along that vein, I did try writing with my left hand as well. Um, and it's just so interesting to see when you challenge your ability to write, like it was a lot slower going. I chose words, I think, differently than I would have if I was writing with my right hand where it comes a little faster. So it's just fun to try turn things on their head sometimes and uh, try something different. So uh, let's see. I uh, read my chapter from The Writing Life by Annie Dillard, and there are a few things that were pretty inspiring, and I will share them with you. But the first prompt I want to do is actually inspired by another book I'm reading, a fiction book. Uh, let's see. I want to get the, it's by Sherry Christie, and I want to get the, the title right, Roma Amor. It's the first book in a trilogy, and uh, I met Sherry at a writer's retreat, and she gifted me this copy of the, the first book in the series, and um, I am reading it now. This is, well, it takes the time that it takes to get to a book. It's been four years since the writer's retreat, but I'm <laughs> finally reading the book. Sorry, Sherry. <laughs> Um, and it's really good. Uh, it's about a Roman soldier, uh, who has captured a prisoner of war, uh, a German priestess, the daughter of a king. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be some, some love stories, some romance are happening, and what's really interesting and cool so far is just like the level of detail and history that Sherry goes into. This is like, it's amazing. It like really builds a world and paints a picture. And, uh, oh, there was a really good quote at the beginning of the book. Of course, I can see the book. I'm going to pause and I'm going to go get that quote because it's good. And we're back. All right, so this is a uh, you know one of her forward quotes uh, by G. M. Trevelyan. The poetry of history lies in the quasi miraculous fact that once on this earth, once on this familiar spot of ground, walked other men and women, as actual as we are today, thinking their own thoughts, swayed by their own passions, but now all gone one generation vanishing into another, gone as utterly as we ourselves shall shortly be gone, like ghosts at cock crow. Oh god, I just, I read that in the sunshine on Sunday, and it was just very impactful. And then reading the book, um, is also deeply impactful. She really does an amazing job of making history come to life. Um, and the prompt I wanted to work on today, uh, is tied into this I, idea of history and making history alive today. Um, I, 
uh, did a, a genealogy of, you know, one of those at-home DNA tests uh, that you mail in, and uh, my mom gifted it to me like a year or two ago, and I found out I'm like 99% Irish, plus like from other places, I can't remember the exact breakdown, but um, point is, I thought that we had a lot more Scottish roots, um, and so but I was pleasantly like, you know, cool. I love Ireland. <laughs> I love the Irish. Um, so I was digging it. And one of the things that I was, uh, I do when I'm bored, uh, is I start messing with my hair and, uh, trying different like braids or, um, it's kind of wavy. And so I tried like the curly girl method of, you know, just trying to like do things with my hair. Anyways, I was wondering what, uh, ancient Irish tribes did. Uh, for their hair, because like, you know, this might be some Irish hair. What'd they do to take care of it back in the day? And so went on a big YouTube deep dive and uh, learned some cool stuff. Um, how they possibly introduced uh, the Romans, haha, speaking of Romans, um, to soap and that they discovered it. Hopefully I get this right because now it's been a few weeks since I read this post. Uh, it was a blog post about it. They uh, likely discovered soap um, because of, uh, their animal sacrifices on a hill and, like, the, the ash from the wood that they were burning and then the blood mixed together to make, it was, maybe it was, like, the ash became, like, lye? I don't know. Oh, God. Now I feel terrible. People smarter than me can go look this up or tell me how wrong I'm getting it. But anyways, apparently, like, whatever mixture results, oh, it was animal fat. That was it animal fat and ash anyways it would stream down the, the hill and uh intermingle in like a you know a little spring or whatever and uh people discovered that it was frothy and soapy and then that's where people would do their laundry and then that turned into making actual soap and uh you know washing your hair combing it out putting in uh scented oils and i tried to figure out what kind of oil they used and could not figure out like what oil product they would have because I didn't think it would be olive oil definitely it's not coconut oil <laughs> which is what I use mostly <laughs> or like skin lotion and stuff like that um so anyways I ended up just doing my own thing um but I did get into uh after a shower I'll, I'll comb in some essential oils mixed with um fractionated yeah I think that's the right word coconut oil and it just made me feel really connected to something older and longer than me um like I think the only things that we really had consciously in our 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 family as like Irish culture was that on St. Patrick's Day we would either make uh corned beef and cabbage or shepherd's pie or have um, bangers and mash. I know that those are not all Irish, obviously, but that was kind of what we would do. And I, I'm sure there are other things in our family history that are very Irish, um, but that all kind of like peters out the farther you get away from it. So anyways, I was thinking about history and ritual and kind of like definitely the loss of cultural practices over time. And that connection to the past. So 
that was a long and winding <laughs> digression of context to get to today's prompt where I wanted to talk about ritual. Well, I don't want to talk about ritual. I just blathered your ear off. We're going to write about ritual. Um, we're going to take uh, however long you need, uh, like probably like five minutes, um, to just like write on a blank page, list all of the rituals that you can think of, you know, fact or fiction. Like if you're a sci-fi fan, maybe there's a a, a ritual from a sci-fi book that you know. So just like list them. Uh, you don't need to go into super big detail. This is just a, a mind vomit <laughs> of all the rituals you can think of or things that uh, when you think of ritual, this is what you think of. I'm going to stop talking. We're going to go do this. Okay. One, two, three. And we're back. That was really interesting. Uh, you know, I didn't look up the word ritual beforehand to like get the definition kind of clear in my mind because that's not what this is about. That will be very, like, I mean, if you wanted to, you could. That's your process. Um, I just wanted to see what would come out of my head just writing ritual at the top of the page and see what, what came out. And I, you know, the first one was I just put like wine slash wafer church. Um, not religious and uh but you know i've seen movies <laughs> um and then i kind of went uh, a little i wanted to go broader i guess i was just like i didn't want to stick to just religious kind of like stuff and so the next thing that popped into my head was like getting ready for a date like everybody has their own little personal rituals i guess um and then uh, i'll just give a, a couple examples like and then yeah, so a go bag for pregnancy, holiday meals, holiday cards, family portraits, annual family portraits, you know, good luck charms, uh, <laughs> finding a stone circle and meeting with eight women to stand in ceremony together. Again, I've seen movies. <laughs> um, but I was at the end of the list, I was starting to think like, what's the difference between like ritual versus tradition, versus culture, versus habit, like, is ritual something that has, like, a, a more spiritual basis, or something like that? Like, I don't know, something bigger and broader to, than you, that you're performing for that thing? I don't know. So, uh, and I don't, really want to know. I don't need to dig too deep into that. It's just a question I had. Um, and so this is part one of the exercise. Part two, now we're going to write for 10 minutes and we're going to come up with, well, we're going to write about a ritual, like in detail. And um, you can do one that's for real, that, you know, a ritual that you do or um, that through, like, you know, your daily life, your religion, um, your family, whatever. Or you can make one up which I might end up doing. We'll see. I always think one thing and then I do the opposite or something completely different. So anyways, we're going to write for 10 minutes uh, and uh, you're going to just dive into uh, describing uh, painting a picture of a ritual. All right. One, two, three, go. Fun times, fun times. At least for me, that was fun. Maybe your ritual was not very 
uplifting. Uh, moving on. All right. So uh, one of my rituals uh, leading up to recording an episode for uh, the podcast is to read a chapter or read a, a bit of a book about writing. It just gets me in the nice uh, frame of mind for what we're doing here. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm reading The Writing Life by Annie Dillard. And uh, I'm on chapter three. And it was pretty cool. She was talking about uh, spending time writing a book on an island um, off the coast of Washington. And I really love that area. So I was super intrigued and my ears were perked. And then it turned into like a pretty depressing chapter about how much of a struggle she finds writing <laughs> and that it's like driven by like this masochistic tendencies toward like not eating right and living in a freezing cold cabin with no insulation <laughs> and like living off of coffee. At one point here she says, uh, the top of my stomach felt bruised or burned. Was this how mustard gas tasted? I drank the fourth mug without looking at it. Any more than you look at the needle in a doctor's hand. So, <laughs> it wasn't a very happy chapter. Um, but it, it turned around in the end. She'd had this really lovely uh, story in the beginning of the chapter about chopping wood and how she got better at it. Um, and then at the end of the chapter, she ties it all back together in this like really nice, like mind pleasing way. Like, oh, like she's really good at that. Um, bookends that make everything in the middle make sense. Um, uh, but one paragraph she talked about, uh, like what she would do kind of to get inspired and, uh, kind of break her, uh, flow if it was like stagnating so or not even stagnating actually she said like you know when she's when she finally is able to slow down and, and write and it actually feels like she's writing this is what she she says at once I noticed that I was writing which as the novelist Frederick Buchner I'm so sorry if I'm butchering that it's b-u-e-c-h-n-e-r Buchner noted called for a break, if not a full-scale celebration. On break, I usually read Conrad Aiken's poetry aloud. It was pure sound, unencumbered by sense. If I ever caught a poem's sense by accident, I could never use that poem again. I often read The Senlin Poems and Sea Holly. Some days I read part of an Any Poetry Anthology's Index of First Lines, the parallels sounded strong and suggestive. They could set me off, perhaps. You know, she's just looking for ways to, to keep the, the writing flow going and keep inspired. Um, I did laugh out loud when, you know, she's describing the process of getting writing and just what a slog it is that when she finally starts writing, she's like, okay, time for a break. <laughs> Anyways, it made me laugh. Um, so that got me, uh, into a little bit of a deep dive. Uh, I was like, who's Conrad Aiken, uh, at that, you know, after I finished reading the chapter. And so I looked him up and I thought that our next exercise could just be, uh, taking, uh, inspiration from a poem, uh, 
uh, picking a, a word or a line or the mood that it evokes um, and writing from that for five minutes. And so um, I chose his poem, The Ego, and I will read it now. Ego, ego, burning blind in the forest of the mind. What immortal alchemy or what immoral chemistry dared shape thy fearful symmetry, dared dream thy fearful liberty, and in the eye conceived the eye, and in the eye a me. I was wondering how that was going to read out loud because he's got I, E, Y, E, I, the letter I capitalized for obviously, um, and then I, A, Y, E, exclamation point, kind of like, I, <laughs> that's like, I can't say that with like a, I, um, anyways, it's a good poem. I liked it. I read some of his other stuff that's on poetryfoundation.org, and I also read his bio, which was really sad. Um, and I don't want to go into it, because I think that that's just going to warp anything that we write from here. And so I'm going to read that poem again, because now I feel like I've piqued your interest. Maybe I'm going to go stop and go read his bio, which you can totally do. Um, all right. So listen for words or, or phrases or whatever. Uh, the poem conjures in your mind and then I'm going to just at the end count us out one two three right and then you pause and go go right for five minutes the ego 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 burning blind in the forest of the mind what immortal alchemy or what immoral chemistry dared shape thy fearful symmetry dared dream thy fearful liberty and in the eye conceived the eye, and in the eye a me. One, two, three, right. And we're back. All right. I don't know what stuck out for you. For me, the forest of the mind was my favorite bit of that phrase. Um, and so that's where, where I went with it, uh, or jumped off from. Um, I also looked up, uh, you know, before starting a recording, um, the phrase fearful symmetry, because I know I've heard it before and I was wondering like, wow, this is like written long enough ago in the past. It was 1953, I think the poem was. I was, this is, oh, this is shameful. But my thought was, I wonder if he originated that. And all of you English uh, lovers and history lovers will be like, oh my god, what an idiot. Anyways, it's from a William Blake poem from like, oh god, of course, what century? It uh, doesn't matter. I don't care. Um, uh, yeah, I am was going to try to look it up and sound smart, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, so now I'm going to go uh, read that poem. Uh, after this and who knows maybe that'll be an inspiration or jumping off point for our next writing session um but let's not get ahead of ourselves i want to do one more short writing piece uh, another little five two to five minute probably five minute um and then uh i'll do the homework assignment which is a two-parter and we'll do one part together and you'll do the second part uh this week or you know whenever 
because uh, I'm doing this once a week and you don't need to know that. I just give way too much context. Moving on, we are going to take inspiration from uh, a prompt from last session where we wrote uh, about observing an animal. Um, and it could have been any animal. I Mine uh, was a, squ a squirrel. <laughs> and um, I think it was a squirrel. That was my general inspiration. Wow. Today is just rambly. You know what? It's been a month since I've written. Um, or, well, I've been writing every day with my morning writing. But it's, it's been a month since um, I recorded anything. Actually, probably over a month. February 17th was the last recording. And then today is April 7th. So that's, yeah, I can do math. It's just a lesson to be learned. And I was talking about this with my mom. I had a really busy work week at the end of February. And so I was like, I, I can't write. I can't record anything. My brain is just fried. I need to like focus and do this work. And so I did. And then the next week I was like, oh, I'm just too exhausted. My brain is still super fried. Now I know I need to just plan in a two week break with uh, the weekly writing podcast uh, whenever I have like a big event and I mean, I've got like four big events for work a year so I can plan this in well cue life happening lots of stressful things popped up and I didn't get back to doing the weekly podcast it completely threw me and so I think the lesson to be learned is just like just write don't stop just write <laughs> so we'll see if I can maintain that um, but I think it is harder to get back on the horse once you've been thrown. Uh, but no judgment. I'm, I'm back and it is what it is. Life is, goes at its own pace. So here we are, we're riding. Um, and speaking of horses, let's get back onto the, the topic of animals. So we had a prompt where we, uh, wrote about observing an animal, doing what it does. And uh, it was from inspired by Annie Dillard's uh, writing about an inchworm crawling through the grass. I was, I've been spending a lot of time with Zia, who you met in the last episode. Um, and uh, she is a lovely dog, a wonderful walking companion, super snuggle bug in the morning. And I was watching her, watching some new family members, a pair of rats. Uh, and I was like, I wonder what she is thinking. And so that inspired this prompt. We are going to uh, write about an animal observing another animal. Do with it what you will. We're just going to write for five minutes. Have some freaking fun with it. Okay. One, two, three, That was fun. <laughs> I like writing from an animal's perspective. Um, all right. Now we're doing uh, our two-part homework project. One part now, one part later. Um, we're going to write for one page. Um, 
whether you're typing or handwriting, just do one page and uh, stop at the end of that. And then uh, I'll tell you what to do next after we finish that one page. And for the prompt, I'm gonna say it and then I'm gonna hit pause and I'm gonna count us out because I, I want you to just like, boom, think about it. And I'll, I'll leave the uh, recording running for a little bit longer than I usually do. So that way uh, you can take a moment, uh, take 30 seconds before you need to hit pause. Okay, I'll, I'll let it play out for 30 seconds. So this is a spur of the moment prompt. Whatever the first sentence that fucking pops into your head, you write it. And that's your prompt. Yeah? First thing pops into your head, go. Hopefully you've written it down by now. Go ahead and hit pause and then go right. <laughs> I don't know where this shit comes from. <laughs> Apologies if my <laughs> laughter does not jive with whatever you just wrote, but I just wrote a page about a very angry carrot with a foul, foul mouth angrily chewing out the human who is huh, chewing on him <laughs> um yeah that's that's a story I didn't know I'd write um okay so that's part one part two is going to be uh you picking this up tomorrow and you're not gonna read the whole thing back you're just gonna read like the last sentence or two and that's gonna be your prompt for writing another page so I got this idea from I'm pretty sure the writing life it's been a month and a half you'll have to excuse me um uh, I, yeah I'm pretty sure it was just like this idea that you yeah yeah it was <clears throat> you attack the story you're writing not from like a really um I guess, pre-planned way. Um, oh, and I guess she's talking about this in this chapter where I was talking about, you know, her, her metaphor for chopping, chopping wood. Um, well, she turns it into a metaphor at the end. Like, don't, like, the, 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 the thing to, to know. Oh. Ah! Sorry, interruption. <laughs> uh, so, where was I? Oh, the thing she learned about chopping wood is like that you don't look at the the piece of wood that you're trying to chop. You look at the um, the wood block underneath the piece of wood. That's where you're aiming. Um, and I learned this lesson as well. I was uh, I was macheting um, twigs off of uh, branches, and you just gotta look where you need to to dink the thing off. So you just like swing, dink. Anyways. In the same way, for writing, you're looking through the story at the page, I guess. The page is the woodblock. This is developing theory. Um, so you, uh, 
use the previous page's last sentence or two as your jumping off point for another page. You have no idea where it's going, and that's the magic of it. And so you're just uh, continuing in that process. So I was actually going to try a, a, like a seven-day challenge because I complained in a previous session about um, feeling like I didn't really have a lot of like a, like a body of finished work. It's just a bunch of journals with like little smatterings of story ideas and uh, vignettes and things like that. And so I thought, well, like, I don't, I don't know how to write a story. I don't know, like, I don't really like writing from a structure. And whenever I try to like plan a story outline, I get really lost in the outline and I don't actually end up writing the story. It's like not fun. Um, and it feels like a struggle. So anyways, I like writing practice though. And like, why do I have to think of the story? What a, like everything's inside me like you know, when you're chopping wood like once you've got the motion down your arms know what to do you just your eyes just look at the wood block and your arms will know what to do so anyways we've been doing writing practice our our brain and hand knows what to do we don't have to like think for it it just needs the space to just do its thing so um anyways we're just doing two a two-page story um but you can do what i hope to do and continue on uh you know, I, I put this down like a, a month and a half ago, and uh, I've only done two pages in my seven-day challenge from that time, but why not keep going? And that's the attitude I'm going to stick with. Why not keep going? Just keep going. <laughs> um, and so, anyways, today's episode has been uh, a little bit, a little bit rambly, a little bit, uh, digressiony and a little bit interrupty. I've had a couple interruptions <laughs> toward the end here, but it's all good. That is just the flow of life and you have your homework and you're set. Go ahead and have fun. Who knows? Maybe you'll try a seven day challenge. And when we get together next time, you'll have seven page story. Maybe I'll have a seven page story. Oh, there's, there's, there's dreams and hopes in the world. We'll, we'll see if it happens. <laughs> all right. On that note, uh, thank you for writing with me today. Uh, it is always a pleasure and a joy to be sitting at the table writing with you. And uh, I'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye. again for writing today. High five us for showing up. We'll get our 10,000 hours in yet. I want to thank my sister, Brianna Quinn Lewis, for sharing her strumming styles for the podcast theme song. If you want to find out more about the podcast, including links to episode details and the Spotify writing playlist, go to caraqlewis.com slash just write for introverts.